Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible-teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together as as a church family, as a body of believers your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for your glory. You allow us to participate in, God. You bless us beyond what we can imagine. God, today is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Speak to us today, Father God. Let us hear a word from you. God, we are are here not because we are forced to, it's because we want to be. And Lord God, um, reveal something to us, Lord, that will... Um, increase our awe, our wonder, and our faithfulness in knowing who you are and experiencing that such. So we thank you. We praise you. As we all say together, amen. What's up? All right. Second go at this. Pastor Luke said, this is my first time preaching. It sure is. So I'm going to need your... Thank you. Thank you. Last time, he, when, he, when he said it, everybody was like, oh, I did not come here for this. <laughs> <laughs> I came here for a word, man. I pray that the Lord gives a word today. Um, yeah, so, hey, what's up, man? Um, hey, here's a picture of my family. Yep, right there. I mean, they, um, yeah, I probably should have picked a picture where I had hair. I mean, I, I kind of cut my hair because, uh, um. Y'all just ain't got that hair no more. I don't know if you can notice that, but, y'all, that's my beautiful family, man. That's my wife who's sitting up here that uh, just supports me and loves me. So, man, can we show some love to my wife up here? Absolutely. Yeah, that is um, August Kingsley. Um, that's my little boy. He's four, he's four. He'll be five soon. And then uh, that's my daughter's story. She is the boss of the house. She does not play. Um, don't tell her what to do or she will growl at you. Um, but that is my family, man. I'm so grateful for my fam. Um, and God has just blessed me so much through, through our family, man. God, we've been seeing so much redemption and how God has blessed us. So grateful, man. I'm grateful to share with y'all today. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. Um, first time is always tough, you know. Um, can, can y'all get up here and preach this word? Is this? All right, yeah. You know, it's scary to talk in front of people. I could do spoken word poetry all day, but you asked me to talk. I'm like, oh, gosh. So I don't want to rebel. You are family. Come on, auntie. You know what I mean, I need, I need that. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm a little nervous, but I'm gonna keep it going. Uh, it's okay. I think as men, we need to say, okay, hey, I'm scared. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. It's okay. Men, tap your lady on the shoulder. Say, hey, sometimes I'm scared. <laughs> um, that's okay. All right. It feels better. You feel better. All right. Let me not linger. Um, Yo, let's jump into the text. Um, Pastor Luke has been preaching on summer fruits, the delightful taste of maturity. And we've been 
learning a lot about that. It's been really good. Um, we're coming out of the book of Galatians. Um, it's a good book, Galatians 5, 16 to 23. If you have your Bibles, open it up. I'm going to get there. Um, yeah, he's been asking this question, why are so many people stuck? Um, why are church people less kind? Why, you know, why are we less loving? Um, why are we less patient? Uh, why do we wrestle with these things? We, we're believers. We're, we're children of God. We should be reflecting these things, but, man, we struggle. We struggle a lot. Um, so he's been preaching on, he's, he's preached on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and I am up to bat. Say, swing, better, better, swing. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I sucked at baseball, by the way. I did. I did. I just wasn't good. So I hope today is good. Um, hey, Timothy Keller puts it like this. He says, it is, it is not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to weak faith in a strong branch. Is that good? So in other words, your faithfulness has less to do with your works. It has more to do with you riding on the coattails of the finished work of the cross. Man. Galatians 5. You got your Bibles open. We're going to read that together. It says, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, this is a lot, get ready for it, are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, all things like these. <sighs> I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Ah, you got to slow down when you read this one. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. I don't know if y'all remember like the old, oh, yeah, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. All right. I love that. Against those things, there, are, there is no law. Jesus loves to flip our worlds upside down. We live by law, right? We are prone to living by law. We're prone to rules and regulations. That's, what, that's just what it is, right? But God is saying, I want you to think differently. Not just I want you to think differently. I want you to live differently. Like, for instance, like, this is what we know. When we talk about law, we talk about rules. This is what we know, like, robbing a bank, right? That's against the law. You rob a bank, what happens? Like, you get penalized. You get penalized, go to prison. Go to prison, you're locked up. That's a law. What's a rule? Rule is, <laughs> rule is, um, you know you're not supposed to sneak candy in the theaters. It's a rule. Like, don't tuck it in. Hey, babe, you think I can put this in your purse real quick? Uh, uh, oh, I get it. I'm the only one that, like, snucks and popcorn into the... Okay, I, I just... Okay, thank, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I know I'm not the only one, but that's a rule. Like, don't do that. But, I mean, hey, we, who's going to catch us? We're going to do our thing. Here's the thing, man. This is what I know. It doesn't matter what policies are in place. It doesn't matter 
what the rules are. Man, we, we're not going to live by them. We're just not going to do it. Uh, why? Why is that? Why we're not going to live by those rules? Because this is what I know. The arms of the law are too short to box with the sins of the heart. Man, that's when I wanted y'all to be like, ooh-wee! I thought that was a good, okay, come on. Come on, talk back to me. This is call and response. Man, let me say, come on. Let me say it one more time, man. Listen, the arms of the law are too short to box with the sins of the heart. That's what I'm talking about, family. Let's go, family. Um, this is a part in my sermon where I, where I can insert a spoken word poetry piece. That's what I do. I do spoken word poetry. Um, and as I was writing this sermon uh, last night, I, I was working on it. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, I just I didn't try to write this thing, but it just kind of just came out. So I'm going to share that with you at this moment. As we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, I felt like the Lord put this on my heart. This is how this piece goes. It's really short. It goes like this. There are rooms ooh, full of deep healing for you. Rest assured and take what you need. There are cups overflowing with restoration served gently. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit here. There are long hallways of faithfulness. And as you walk through those hallways and you abide in it, you see your image reflected on his everlasting walls. It inscribes, or he has inscribed on your being, I am yours and you are mine. God, in this house, man, listen, there is an addict where Christians who wrestle addictions play ping pong against self-control. Up high, they find freedom there because shame and guilt cannot walk up the confessional stairs due to heavy weight. There is a closet full of garments of joy, dresses bitter hearts sweet again. Smiles, blessings, and peace are typically fragrances in the air, and goodness and mercy favors your testimony like playful children following you around all the days of your life in this house. Every cubic measure of this place is perfectly ordered and like set rightly. It's almost like confusion must have missed this invitation. There are no clocks, only patience. Oh, and love, love gathers them all in the living room as they all sit at the feet of Jesus. And they hear these stories of war about how he escaped the law. Hmm. So, faithfulness is what I'm here to talk about today. Well, let's define faithfulness so we can kind of know what we're looking at, what we're talking about. I'm going to define that for us today in our hearing. This is what faithfulness means. Put it up on the screen here. Faithfulness, a trustworthy, enduring commitment. Say that with me. A trustworthy you look deep into that word, you find the word pistis in the Greek. Pistis is faithfulness in the Greek. These are the words that come up. The faithfulness of God. That's key. Think about faithfulness. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to be faithful. It plays a part. But it's, this is the faithfulness of God. This is faith in God or faith in Christ. Trustworthiness, assurance, or guarantee. And hear this, a conviction based upon hearing. So this is what we have today. Something about when you hear the word of God and understand it, there is a bearing of fruit in your daily interactions, right? It's beautiful. You know, you begin to see the substance of things that you've been hoping for, that you've been praying for. You begin to see the evidence of things unseen. Like, how is that? These are these invisible attributes that we're talking about. When we're referring to the fruit of the spirit, right? These qualities reflected in your actions, 
right? Like, um, let's say, you know, somebody, um, you talking, and you saying your story, and then somebody cut you off. That ever happened to you? I just want to apologize to my wife right now. I'm so sorry that I've done that. I do it all the time. But don't let somebody do it to you. You know, then you upset. You know, you, hey, I went to the post office, and then I was going over to, and I went to the post office, too. And I remember when, and nobody first was even talking to you, brother. Like, <laughs> but what do you do? When you in this series, you know what I'm saying, you, you learning about the fruit of the Spirit, what do you do? You just whisper to yourself, not today, Satan. Mm-mm. Not today. Patience, 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 patience. I'm going to walk in my patience today. You better walk, sister. Another example. When somebody is gossiping about you, oh, my goodness, behind your back, too, and it ain't even true. You got some choice words you want to tell them? Am I alone there? All right. You know, you, you know what you want to tell them, and you, you justify it by saying, you know what, I, just, I have a righteous indignation. <laughs> I'm going to do justice. Nah, nah, nah. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and righteousness, and you're like, ah. As much as my flesh is telling me to do it, my spirit is telling me to yield. I ain't going to do it. I'm going to sing my little song. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Come on, church. Victory today. You do it with your teeth clenched and everything. You upset. Victory is mine. It's okay. That's okay. You still singing that song. It's okay. You got to fight the best way you can fight. You know? Uh, So... I know it's not easy, but man, look, I know that my God is faithful in this fight, and his faithfulness breaks the chains of whatever we're holding and holding us prisoner. He's inviting us into a loving union with himself, and that there is nothing that, like, in that union, he has, let's put that word, trustworthy, enduring commitment to see you through, that there is a transformation and understanding his faithfulness and who he is that allows us to, in turn, become faithful to. Man, I'm trying to. Look. <sighs> I know. Look, so I'm realizing that's my first time. I keep saying that I know this. That's, I guess that's, my, that's my, my comfort. I know this. I'm learning up here, y'all. I'm learning today. Thanks for experiencing this with me for the first time today, man. This is, this is good. Um, Look, you are saved by grace through faith, and it is not by your works. It is a gift from God. That's what we need to know. Um, one initial step to this faithful maturity that God is calling us to, man, we find, um, we find how to do that in the book of John. John 15, we can throw that on the screen. It talks about the vine. I'm going to read that to you. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, oh, wait, I, I am, okay, let me read from my, can't really see up there. Um, apart, okay, let me, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me and you, you, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. All right. Y'all got that? All right. See, Jesus knows this. That's what I love. This is what I love. We just talked about abiding, abiding in him, and he's abiding. This is what Jesus knows. And this fight, man, every day we're contending. We're, 
We're putting up our dukes. We're saying, today, I am not going to live by the works of the flesh. Today, I am going to walk in the power of God. I am going to walk in the spirit. But you know it's an adversary. You know that you are at war. This is what Jesus knows. Man, there is an internal war within you between a flesh and a spirit. <sighs> Yet, if Jesus' presence is abiding in you, Abiding, what that means is remaining steadfast, keeping you. If Jesus is abiding in you, if his word is abiding in you, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Because he's in there. And if you could witness the power of Jesus defeat the evil within your own being that you see every day. And when he defeats it, it grants you freedom from sinful desires all by way of not your works, but his doing, man, of course you're going to want to remain in him. And of course he's going to remain in you. And you're going to know because he protects you. He is your fortress. He is the one who keeps you safe. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. So, of course, you ask for whatever is going to be given. You know why? I used to think, I remember when I first got saved, it was like, ask for whatever. Oh, this is what, Jesus, this is what the gospel's about? Yo, God, let me get a, uh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo. Father God, can I get some, uh, man, those Jordans come out next week, and I ain't got it. <laughs> you know, but you ask for whatever, you know why? Because your desires begin to align with his. So whatever you begin to ask for, it's already what he wants. And it's what you want. Man, that's a union. That's a relation. Man, that's marriage. That's a... All right. So let me, let me share this example here. Um, uh, so my son, right? Man, he loves books. I've been reading to that little dude since he was in the womb. He loves books. You know, I probably shouldn't have been doing that because now he wants me to read to him every night. You know what I'm saying? Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I work all day. I come home. I'm tired, you know. Um, I say, August, um, hey, I'm going to read you a book. This is the only book I'm going to read. We're going to be done. Sweet. I read that book. Before I'm finished with the last page, he's up picking up another book. Um, Daddy, I really like this one, Daddy. <laughs> hey, Daddy, me and Mommy went to the library today. <laughs> I know. I know. I know, August. I see the stack of books that you want me to read tonight. I know. Oh, man. And um, so... But here it is. I say August. Here's what I'm saying. Watch this. I say August. You want to read another book? He's four. He can't read. But that's what I say. I say August. You want to read another book? You want me to read another book? No, I say August. You want to read another book, buddy? Of course. He says yes. Here's what's happening, though. He can't read. But I just said, hey, August, you want to read another book, buddy? Though I know he can't read, his abilities to read is limited. One day, he'll be strengthened, and he'll have an ability to read words on a page. But for now, he needs me to do the work for him. Y'all see where I'm going here? So all he has to do is be led by me from page to page, from chapter to chapter from day to day. All he has to do is stay close and remain right there as I am right here. 
another way of saying this is this. All he has to do is faithfully abide. I am going to do the work. He's going to benefit from my doing. That makes sense? Eventually, this enduring commitment that has built a relationship between him and I will help him one day do soon what I can do now. And with both of us reading and kicking it together, here's what's going to happen. Everything that I know about Spider-Man, he knows about Spider-Man. And together, we're going to save the world. You know? So our word today is grapes, man. They got some grapes up here. Um, you know, when Luke's up here, he pops, you know, he kind of eats something. I'm going to try that today. You know, um, that's kind of good. I'm going to have another one, you know. But grapes, why are we saying grapes with faithfulness? We're attacking grapes with faithfulness because it reminds us of the importance of staying connected to the vine to bear much fruit. That's what grapes do. They stay connected to the vine until I eat them. <laughs> no, the big idea today is this. The faithfulness of God, am I smacking in y'all ear? <laughs> The faithfulness of God, let me tell you, let me, let me slow down. <laughs> Look, the faithfulness of God through the graciousness of Christ has invited you into a new way of life. That's it. It's simple. Read that with me. Look, y'all rapping already. I knew I was going to get y'all to be able to rap. So, look, it's simple. We make it complicated. That's it. Um, we make a lot of things complicated, right? I know, I know I do. My wife will tell you I make a lot of things complicated. I'm, I'm sorry, babe, again. Um, I mean, you can, or, or you can ask uh, Avril Lavigne, right? Right? Y'all know that song? Oh, so y'all listen to secular music? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just... Terry, get up here. We need you to lead us in worship. Nah, but um, man, make things so complicated. Everything is not so deep, man. It's not, you know. Like, uh, man, we watch movies. I love movies. Any, anybody love watching movies and then like breaking them down afterwards? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to break down every scene for like two hours. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, baby, remember when he did this and this bit this? And I do that in the beginning. <laughs> you know how you always, you, is you the, I'm that type of person to be like, I, I knew what was going to happen in the first scene. I knew what was going to happen at the end. I be talking all that stuff, man. I look back at my wife. She <laughs> knocked out Z's. It makes sense. She's not a night person. I'm the night person. She's the morning person. She's up early. I'm up late. So, of course, when you say make things so complicated, she get up. I'm like, babe, so when you, when you had fell asleep last night, what does that mean? Like, do, you, do you not love me or something? <laughs> like, no, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Like, no. You know, I get real deep. Like, so you saying that you don't have like a trustworthy, enduring commitment to me in this marriage. <laughs> Told you I'd get deep. She said, oh, no, he didn't. Like, well, the faithfulness of God through the graciousness in Christ has invited you into a new way of life. Now, let me give, you, give a backdrop of what's happening in Galatians right now. I think that'd be helpful for us in context to understand what faithfulness is all about and why Paul is bringing us into faithfulness as a fruit of the spirit. Um, the backdrop is this, man. Paul is upset. Look, He's ticked. Um, if you thumb through um, uh, these uh, epistles, right, you find that um, right now we're, we're looking at Galatians. But if you go to maybe the next book, which is Philippians, 
Paul is what? He's, this is how he, he always has a greeting. And then after the greeting, he has like a, a, a thanksgiving, right? So the greeting is like, yo, what's up? I'm Paul. Yo, I'm kicking it with my homie Timothy. You know what I'm saying? He may be writing this letter, but I'm speaking it. However, he's just saying like, what's up? He's giving some foundation. His greetings. Then he gets to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is like, hey, um, man, I'm praying for you. Man, I'm so happy that we're in this faith together. You know, we, we, hey, I hope all is well with y'all in the church. Hope things is good. Same thing with, uh, what's the next books? Colossians, right? Same thing. That's what he says. But to the church of Galatia, it's different. He ain't doing that. He gets straight into it. He starts off by saying like, yo, what's up? I'm Paul. Um, and we learn at the end of the book, he's actually writing it. So he's, he's heated. He said, what's up? I'm Paul, man. That's my greeting. Man, praise be to you. Peace be to you. Um, man, let's get into it. I'm astonished. He jumped straight into it. I'm astonished. Man, y'all must have lost y'all God-given mind. Okay, he didn't really say that in the text. That's kind of just what I heard. Some people's like, I don't see that in the word. I don't know if he, is this biblical? This is what he says, Galatians 1, 6 and 7. He says, I am astonished that you are quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who troubled you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Man, look, I'm going to give us a couple of uh, images. All right. Or charts or graphs. All right. So I'm going to put two before you. I'm going to start with one. I want to highlight two themes that I see. This is the first one, a different gospel. That's what we see in Galatians 1, 6. He said, man, they teaching you a different gospel. And different gospel, what that means is salvation requiring human effort in addition to divine grace. I'm not going to read all those words to you. You see it. You can read yourself. But this is what I'm going to say. A different gospel, Paul is rebuking the leaders, the Judaizers, Peter, why? Why? He's Because they're preaching something different than what they already knew and what he already taught. He has authority. He's an apostle with a capital A. That means he heard directly from God. He know what he's talking about. He already received the right hand of fellowship from, from the Jewish council and the Jewish leaders. He know what he's doing. He know what he's talking about. He ticked off. Peter, as they're teaching this, 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 this new thing that ain't Ain't true. Peter doing the same thing. And man, Paul is, he's, he's, Paul is appalled. He's directing a lot of attention to Peter because Peter witnessed, before he, no, 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 before Paul witnessed to the, the church of Galatia and Antioch, this is, what, this is what he's saying. He's saying, man, Peter knew that even the Jews couldn't keep up with the Mosaic law. He's even quoted in Acts 15 saying, a yoke that neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. So why, Peter, are you going back to the ways that you were in the wrong and claiming that as part of the gospel? See, here's the thing. They were set in these rules and these traditions and these policies, these, these laws that they had to live by. And it was a lot of laws I don't know if Peter got overwhelmed and was just like, man, forget it. I don't know if he said, man, I've been on this journey for a long time. And, man, I've been, I, I just can't fully walk into this new thing because I'm, I'm just used to the old thing. I don't know if he was just comforted by the old ways and the molds of his life. So he's just like, yo, when the pressure start cooking and it get heated, man, I'm going to crumble. 
I'm just going to crack. And maybe that's what he did. And Paul is going to acknowledge that. There was laws, man. It was a lot of laws. You had civil laws. You had ceremonial laws. You had animal laws. Whew, you had sacrifice, uh, 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 animal laws for sacrifices. You had priestly ceremonial laws. Man, you had marriage and family laws. You had, you had laws concerning holy days and festivals. It was so many laws. I, it just reminds me of like, if y'all saw Forrest Gump, like bubble, y'all remember bubble? Like, yo, you got barbecue shrimp, you know what I mean? Like real shrimp, bull shrimp, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a lot. Like, when does this end? But it was a lot of laws, and man, people couldn't live up to those laws. So some of the laws equal even like death. And it was like, I ain't going to say simple things, you know, but like, for instance, you learn about one law. It's like, yo, like, if, like, if a child, like, curse their mom or their dad, they get put to death. Okay, let me ask this question. Like, if, if that law was still... You know what I'm saying? Like, that was still, like, emotion today. Like, how many people would be in church today? Let me just ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, you made a mistake, right? Some people are like, no, nah, I ain't making a mistake. She was wrong. Like, yo, we're going to have to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. Uh, all right, so another reason Paul was mad, and I'm going to move quickly. Another reason Paul was mad is because he was heated. He was heated that, um, that Peter switched up on something very important. Um, that he was seeking the approval of man and not God. Because at some point, Peter retracted that he knew, he retracted what he knew about the gospel, uh, going to the Jews and the Gentiles. And when the Jews came around, he stopped eating with the Gentiles. Why? This was frustrating. Paul and Peter had relationship prior to, to, to this letter. Paul and Peter used to go around teaching the gospel to the Gentiles because what they received directly from God is that, man, the gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile. What does Gentile mean? Gentile means anybody who is non-Jewish. So everybody is going to be saved. Everybody is grafted in. Everybody becomes a child of God. We are all sons and daughters. But now Peter's not preaching that no more. What's going on, Peter? Why are you doing this? All right. See, Peter knew that the gospel broke down the walls of hostility and that every believer belongs to each other in the family of God. We family, right? Doesn't matter your race, your color, your creed. We have been united in Christ Jesus, abiding in him together as children of God. And what the true gospel is doing is putting an end to the social division and racially mixed churches, redeeming Gentiles as now equals in the faith, butting up against superiority complexes and racism. No way Paul is going to allow Peter to uproot the beauty of a Bible-teaching, multi-ethnic, life-giving church. Which leads me to my second slide, the gospel of Christ, which means salvation offered by grace through faith, not by your works. See those words on the screen? Here's what it is. When, see, when I see these themes, I am confronted and I am comforted by the good news of Jesus. Because I have experienced these things firsthand in my own life, right? Like I've experienced a trustworthy, enduring commitment of God in my life. The faithful promise coming through the covenant of Abraham, which Paul is talking about in the book of Galatians. 
John Piper puts it this way when he talks about the trust that, that Abraham had in God. He says this, that act of faith, it so honors the, the glory of God's trustworthiness and power and mercy that God responds with the incomparable gift of justification. He declares Abraham to stand righteous before him. Not that Abraham will, like, not that he won't sin again, because he will. But he has now been forgiven for all of his sins. Get this, past, present, and future. Man, here's what I know. Here's what I know. In this journey, and when we retreat back to some of the works of the flesh or some of the things that we know we shouldn't be a part of, or maybe life got hard and we ran back to our comforts, right? Here's what I know. We condemn ourselves, even though there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. We, we, get, we feel shame and guilt. We run away from God. And sometimes, even with the incorrect theology, we believe that, man, God don't love us no more. How could he? Sometimes we believe that, you know what, I'm not even saved. I need to get saved again. Nah, that's not what's happening. God blessed Abraham and gave him a gift of justification. Hear what I'm saying here. He declares him righteous before him. Not that Abraham will never sin again because he will, but he has now been forgiven past, present, and future. So when you come to God and you say, man, gee, I accept you in my heart as my Lord and my personal say, walk with me. I want to be renewed. I want to be transformed by the renewal. And when God accepts you right there in that moment, man, he's, he's loving you. He's forgiving you past, present, and future. He already know where you're going to be 10 years from now, but he accepts you right then and there. That's what he did with Abraham. And through that, he threw Abraham's seed and his offspring brought about Jesus. And Jesus brought about the gift of salvation. That gift of salvation is what we, what we have received and what we walk with today, that we are forgiven past, present, and future. We have been set free. We're no longer bound by some law that's going to punish us, and we get the right about the freedom and live in the freedom that Jesus Christ has given us. Amen, church? Amen. What's up? <laughs> Y'all still with me? All right, all right. I got so many examples here. But here's the thing. Peter had this gospel, and he knew the truth, and he wasn't living it. But here's what I see. Paul is inviting us all into a conscious thinking of, of our old ways and participation to the works of the flesh as, it, as, as we find ourselves even sometimes unfaithful or unfruitful, right? Um, and this is what's important. The old comforts and enticements, the ideologies and the habits that we keep, that we walk with, that sometimes just messes us up. Um, those are the desires of the flesh, right? The, the, the old has passed, but yet we still kind of hold on to it. And as we back at that war, right, we're back fighting within ourselves. Um, and the new life has come, but and even though you've received it, you're not believing it, and you're not living in it. How do you do that? Man, you have to trust in this gospel, and you have to trust in the faithfulness of God, that what he said he did, he did, and it's completed. Right. So in 1863, let me just man, a little history. Enslaved, en uh, uh, enslaved Africans and free Africans, they got together in churches because they're excited about what's about to be announced. They're about to hear about the Emancipation Proclamation. And when the hour struck, they learned that they were no longer slaves. 
They celebrate it. They're excited. We free, y'all. They're walking in their freedom. They're rejoicing. They're throwing parties. Here's the thing. What, did they still have enslaved habits or like mindsets, or like ideologies or like how they thought about themselves because they've been practicing this way of life for a long time, but then they just got their freedom? They free. Hey, you free. You can go. But it's some things that just kind of hold on to you or kind of live inside of you, and you still kind of carrying it. Even though you free, man, that yoke and that burden is still carrying God is freeing us from those things. I'm using an example. My family just celebrated Juneteenth. Anybody celebrated Juneteenth? Anybody's Juneteenth? All, right, all the black folks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, I love it. We had our, my wife, like Steve, she's going to tell me, you shouldn't have said that. Nah. It's true. We just celebrated Juneteenth, man, and we're celebrating the freedom that we received, man. It's beautiful. We had our mac and cheese, our collard greens, you know what I'm saying? Our black eyed peas, and we celebrated, had a good time. But we were celebrating the fact that there is no yoke of slavery that we got to live under right now. That's what the Bible's saying. That's what Peter's saying right now, man. You are free. Go ahead and make you some collard greens. <laughs> no, you free. Go get you some mac and cheese. Go celebrate. Man, you better go throw a party. But you free. <laughs> I don't want you. Yo, you're going to leave here and be like, what was the message? The message was about, man, I can make me some mac and cheese and I'm good. Like, I think they're going to have mac and cheese after service. <laughs> nah, you get some of these grapes. Um, yo, so, so last Saturday, uh, man, I went fishing with my son, August. And um, look, I don't know how to fish. I'm going to tell you that right now. But I have been fishing before. And when, I, when I've gone fishing, um, um, typically there's somebody there who knows how to fish. So I just kind of like follow. They tell me what to do. You know, they put the bait on my hook and I cast my line. I got it? Yeah. All right. Maybe I do know what I'm talking about. So, but this time it was just me, and I took my son fishing. It was, it was a really endearing moment because another sermon for another day. But I got a chance to experience that with my son. It was really, really special. And um, when we go fishing, and I got to put the worm on the hook myself now. It's different, yo, when you got to do it yourself. It's kind of like preaching, like, Luke be up here doing his thing, you know, and I be watching like, yo, that's what's up. That's good. Oh, this is awesome. Now I got to get up here. It's like, ah, ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is tough. So I got a worm. So, so my son, they, I get a cup of worms, and the worms are moving because they move. And I got to, like, pick them up and, like, push the hook through them. Oh, I ain't going to lie. I almost passed out a couple of times. <laughs> But my son right there, so I got to be macho. <laughs> oh, and it took me forever to push that poor little worm. <sighs> that was hard. I broke my heart. Because, look, when you, I don't know if you know, but when, like, when you push the worm, like, when we push the hook through the worm, it's squick, it moves, and it's like, <sighs> and my son was like, Daddy, does he feel it? And I'm like, no, he don't. <laughs> he don't feel it, son. Knowing he feels it. My son's smart, though. He was just like, well, why he moving when you stick it through him, though? <laughs> smart boy. Anyway, anyway, man, I got the hook through. I got the hook through. It took me, it took me a long time, a very long time. 
And uh, I asked him, I said, um, I said, August, man, because I knew I was getting ready for this sermon. I was like, yo, August, you, uh, man, you got faith in me, man? Ha, ha, ha. You got faith that I can, like, I, I can, like, do this? He was just like, nah, dad. <laughs> Kids are honest, boy, I tell you. I said, all right, all right. It's all good. But when he said no, from that moment on, I was on a quest to prove to him as his father that I am a trustworthy person to believe in, and I am always going to come through for him. That day, we caught five fish, and it was fun. Let's pull up the picture. <laughs> Yo, man, we caught five fish together. We had such a good time out there, man. It was just a gift. It was a blessing. And um, I just loved it, man. It was, it was just a good time. Um, and I asked him afterwards, I said, August, um, man, uh, you believe, no, I didn't even say nothing. He came up to me, he, was, he just said, Daddy, I have faith in you now. <laughs> so, man, I just thought it was fitting for today. Today, I just want to encourage you and spur you on um, just to continue trusting in the faithfulness of God as he has already proven his commitment to you. But I hope you have sweet moments with your heavenly father. I know some people say heavenly daddy. I just can't say that. I'm not there yet. But I hope you have sweet moments in seeing him quest, seeing him quest to prove to you that he is trustworthy and he is a person that you can believe in. And he's always going to come through for you. And together, man, y'all going to catch a ton of fish. Look, today we talk about grapes because grapes connect with faithfulness and when we talk about and think about grapes, we're talking about being in the vine and being connected to the branches. If we're going to live this walk, if we're going to be faithful and understand God's faithfulness, we have to remain in the vine. We have to remain in Jesus, and we can't do that alone. The beautiful thing about grapes is this. Grapes grow in clusters, relying on one another for support, symbolizing the unity and a faithfulness that should be present in Christian community. Never living by yourselves. We can't do it. It's, in, it's strength in numbers, y'all. It's strength. So <clears throat> in order for us to really live out this walk, abiding in Jesus, Luke, I don't know how you do this when you got like food in your mouth and you be preaching. This is hard. I mean, <laughs> if you want to live, live this life of, of, of what's the definition uh, of faithfulness, trustworthy, enduring commitment, we want to live that life man, we have to do it together as a body of Christ. We can't do this thing alone. Stay in community, get plugged in, come serve, get active, be around other people that love Jesus and trying to grow just like you, can, you want to. And then eventually, man, you'll begin to, begin to see that fruit of the Spirit. Hey, thank you so much. Love you guys. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is good news.